Hello, my name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writers Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. Hi, I'm Sandy Adamitis. I'm Terry Sampson. How was your week, Terry? Oh, it was a good one. How about yourself? Remember I talked about Frankie, the dog Frankie? Yeah. His owner was away and I was taking care of Blind, Frankie. three legs. What else? Deaf. Why I'm bringing that up again is before we started recording, I brought out a bagel. This <laughs> is an actual New York bagel. Frankie's owner, M, came home this week and brought New York bagels back wow. on the plane. They're authentic. This is authentic. Yeah. And I've eaten two already, and she gave me four. I thought about bringing you the fourth one. That's not going to happen, is it? No, it's no. not going to happen, Terry. <laughs> so sad. It's just not going to happen. You know, <laughs> the water, that makes it so special. That's what I hear. Mm -hmm. Has that been scientifically proven, or is that... That um, sounds like a, a, a pile of hoopla. Mm. I don't believe that's true. However, have you eaten at the San... San what is it called? Santoni Pizza... On Woodman near Ventura Boulevard. Ventura. No. Is this good pizza? Oh, it's great. It's super thin, and it claims to be a New York pizza. They all claim that. Or I do like, a, right. do like a thin New York-style slice. It's great. And I think it's the sauce. They say it's the water. They ship in no, New York sir, water. No, sir. They really yes. ship it in? That's what they say, at least. I love them, so I don't want to challenge them. I want them to allow me to buy pizza from them from now on. So I would never say, I never question it. Sharon, you and I have got to go. Oh, fantastic. To that, that would be so much fun. Oh, we'll do that. Okay. So my thing as we move on to the show is that in my life, the thing I cherish the most is the big idea. If I was to name this show, I would call it, What's the Big Idea? For me, especially in songwriting and any other kind of writing thing, if I can come up with a great idea, I can make that happen. The tougher part of getting something done, and a lot of writers know this, is that they've been assigned something mm -hmm. that they're not necessarily getting chills over. And they need to make it great despite that. But the big idea thing has enough thrust to get anybody who gets sparkled by it in the beginning to make it go straight through. I've never stopped writing a song that I thought was great in the beginning. I never have any trouble with it hmm. because somehow I'm connected to it on a whole number of different reasons, and I can't let go of it. I know that there's, even if I'm having trouble with a section of it, for instance, I cannot rest till I have it figured out. And... There are ideas that have come in into play that have just made the whole thing a joy, frankly. It's just the whole part of every part of it. As much as I struggle and curse the yeah. weight on my shoulders about this, it never falters to be, never is less than a fantastic experience. And that's why I'd like to bring up that idea. What, you know, what's the big idea? One of my favorite things about what's a, a great idea, it's actually a remake. It's Heaven Can Wait. 
fabulous movie. Yeah, I'm talking about the one in 1978 with Warren Beatty. Yeah. He directed and wrote it. Yeah. With Elaine May. Right. It's Terry. That's such a great example. And it is a really good movie. I hope our writers at least going to view this movie. Yes. There's a one line description for this. I'll start with that. Quote, when a football player dies early, he gets a second chance in the body of a crooked industrialist. That covers it pretty well. So good. Remember, he's just in this guy's body, mm-hmm. right? And he's, it's kind of worn down, but he says, I'm still going to try to play quarterback <laughs> for the Rams. So he goes into training because he has this, he's got the spirit of his old self. And he says, I don't give up on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first... He's unhappy because he's got this lousy body, mm-hmm. although you don't really know that it's lousy. You see Warren Beatty the whole time. Yes. You don't see the industrialist, the, industrialist, the, yeah. the multimillionaire. Right. You just see Warren Beatty, but everybody in the movie sees the old millionaire. Yeah. He's not sure he can be an NFL quarterback with this old worn out body. Mm-hmm. So he's working crazy to try to do it. So I get tickled when somebody comes up with something... And I don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I see these restrictions that are going to come up. And so you go, how are they going to deal with those? Right. That. It's a good idea. That's perfect example of the big idea. Yeah. And one that I'm thinking off the top of my head of a big idea film. Do you ever see a little film called Speed? Sure. Keanu Reeves. Right. Sandra Bullock. All right, all right. A young police officer must prevent a bomb exploding aboard a city bus by keeping its speed above 50 (laughs) miles per hour. I even know who I saw this movie with. I was working at Uptown Entertainment with Darlene Chan, Rose Catherine Pinkney, Craig Cochran, and Alonzo Brown. And we were watching Speed. A little side story. Sandra was driving the bus at that point. And she was like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Tell me where to go. Where am I going to go? And she had to keep it above 50. And she's driving, 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 driving. And my friend Alonzo yells out, don't get on a 405. (laughs) There's no 50 mile an hour there. No, No, but that's a big idea film. For the writers out there, let us know what you think the big idea is. What are big idea movies? Oh, I'd like a big list. What's the big idea? idea that they loved. Why? To a songwriter, a title is your first and sometimes your only chance for somebody to check a song out. They want a title that makes people want to listen to the song. That's a big deal. For instance, in the old days, when publishers used to smoke big cigars, mm-hmm. you'd come in and the publisher would go, what do you got, kid? And you'd usually have to play that on a piano. And they say, well, tell me the name of this. The newbie songwriter would come in and goes, I've written a wonderful song and it's called I Love You. (laughs) And they said, okay, I'm not going to listen to it because every person on earth initially writes a song called I Love You because they think that's uncharted territory. But no one wants to hear that because they already know what it's about. Mm -hmm. People know about love at some level. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to hear it. He says, however... If you came here with a song called I Love You A Little, that one I would have to hear. What is that about? A little what? Why would someone be telling you I love you a little? So It's an invitation. It is. You want to know more about it. And I was told this story by a friend of mine sitting across at a diner. And he says that story. Mm -hmm. And he ended it with that title. And he 
he starts laughing because he's looking at my face and I'm trying to figure out how I would do with I love you a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he just starts laughing because he goes, you're working on it, are you? You're working, you have to work on it because it's enticing. And I said to him, I love you a little, a little bit more than the moment before. And I go, that's what a songwriter does. They Bravo. take that and they go, boom, boom, boom. We start doing that thing. <laughs> and off Wonderful. you go. One of the greatest title writers of all time is Don Henley from The Eagles. This who, guy. Who winked at me once at Book Soup. But go ahead. <laughs> he did? Yeah, he did. Did you wink back? I immediately burst out laughing and turned to my friend and that was no i burst out laughing because i couldn't believe it happened i was very flattered uh-huh by don henley winking at me but i think he took it as i was laughing at him because i'm smooth but <laughs> but please go ahead don henley yes deadhead sticker on a cadillac i mean yeah um boys had, of summer boys come of on summer, beautiful right building the perfect beast was a record of his and i just went that's it's just a great title. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. I must know. I, must I know, have yeah. to know. I have another title story. My friend, Mike Himmelstein, a co-writer and good pal, and Mike is actually one of the funniest people on earth if you have a chance to chat with him. And he has a friend, Daniel Sullivan, who wrote a script. Everybody got really excited about it. It went through the usual bizarro ways of, of it getting attention. But the next thing you know... Big-time people like Sandra Bullock are now involved, and, and they're starting this show up and everything. And they start shooting a movie called Coma Man. Coma and, Man? Yeah. <gasps> oh, and, I know what you're talking uh, At some point in the process, the studio turns to Daniel and says, this is a terrible title. <laughs> we don't like Coma Man. So he goes to Mike Himmelstein and he goes, all right, Mike, I got to get a different name for this thing. And he says, it's called Coma Man. Here's the story. And he starts describing it. And Mike's sitting back and he's thinking and he's thinking. He turns to him and he goes, while you were sleeping. And that is the title of that big hit. And that's because of little Mikey Himmelstein. That is amazing. And that's a great title, right? Yes. Who You want to know what's going on. Who's sleeping? What happened <laughs> while you were sleeping? What's the big deal on this? What's Oh, it makes me think of Pretty Woman. Okay. Original title by J.F. Lawton was 3000 That's when it was a darker movie about prostitution. And that was the exchange, the amount of money, 3000 Yeah, she's the perkiest, happiest hooker I've ever yes. known. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure Gary Marshall came to him and said, eh, what are we going to do with this 3000 No one's having a happy day here. Let's change the title. <laughs> to Pretty Woman, uh-huh. which I guess, do you think they came with, got the song first? Pretty woman. Arguably, they could have looked at the lead actress and come up with that. She's yeah, a lovely you're right. woman. Well, yep. The other thing I wanted to talk about is that, and, and this is not my idea. I'd like to somehow claim it, but I can't. And that is, when you get a great idea, you really need to write down everything you possibly can about it. That means yes. you just have to write till you can't write anymore. You don't. You're done. You've gotten everything. That means title ideas, words that are important to because you'll go back to that and you'll get a title out of that those mm-hmm. early notes and of course you'll have something to write about that's even more important exactly <laughs> you you can go like you say writing things down and you can go oh, a shopping scene where she's kicked out of the fancy store yeah that could be just one line that becomes an iconic scene 
Yeah, exactly. So and you could forget it. You, you could. will forget it. Yes, you do. How do you um, keep track? Do you have a, a memo app? Do you have a notebook? What do you... If it's a song, I have blank pieces of paper in front of me, and I have a really bizarro way of doing this. As I jot things down, lyrics, while I'm playing the piano and while I'm trying... I do try to do everything at once. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of recordings. It used to be cassette, then it was a micro cassette. Now it's my phone. I just record into my phone. Okay. And I just keep going through it. But the funny part is if I get a good line, I have to copy the entire lyric over to a new piece of paper. That's my little weird thing. I have to get it all on one sheet. Oh, all these are good now. And then I write in the margin until I come up with another line. And guess what I do? I go to another sheet of paper and I, I write. And I think, I think it's weird. However, I also think that rewriting them makes me re-accept them and it ties me to the direction that the song is going. I just yeah. telling myself, this is done. So mm-hmm. support what you've just... And I think that is. I think that's the psychology part of it. That's my little thing. I think that's a good process. Yeah, it's good. And also there is a... Just like any kind of writing in, is, is that there is a time when you will not be able to help yourself. There, There's an ending to Can the, you go on? For me, I mean, songwriting, that. a couple of hours. Most, The most is four. I just can't keep going and do good work. There's just a time in which it's fresh and I'm there and I'm just smart enough to wait till the next morning. Mm-hmm. Stuff will flow out again like crazy. Yes, I agree. There is a point where you just go, I'm not going to create anymore. There was a period of time when you wrote on a sitcom that staying till three, four, five o'clock in the morning to fix the jokes was commonplace. Mm -hmm. You literally had no life. And I know that showrunners are now trying to say, look, we're all burnt. Let's just come in tomorrow and not kill your writers quite the same way. And that was also back in the day when there were 24 episodes. So you were stuck very, very late at night at sitcoms. I know in my, I don't have the scientific background to say this, but I know something happens in the sleep part between I'm working on this, I'm sleeping, and the brain mm-hmm. does some stuff that, that I don't know what it is, but by the time I wake up the next day, not only am I rusted, but my brain has come up with stuff. It will parse that out in some way that... Yes. And then those are usually the things that I think, wow, I over, I wrote better than I actually am. I yes, actually, I agree. And I write stuff down. I go, this is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm Don Henley here for a sec. <laughs> I've made a, I've made a transformation. For the record, Terry did not wink at me <laughs> when he said, I am Don Henley. Yes, I didn't. I, I am Don Henley. I took his place there for a second. <laughs> Don wants it back. He's got it back. So, but yeah, you go, I've out, I've outwritten myself. This is yes. actually better. And I believe it has to do with that loop, right. that loop of rest. Yeah. And there's always that time when you're really loopy and you come out with something really funny or brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I believe I, I read many years ago, said something about a paragraph of description and then also a, a one line description. Is there another okay. name for that? Uh, a leave behind a one sheet. Uh, I don't know if a one sheet is right, but yeah, leave behind. So the person that you pitched it to, 
you don't know how good a pitcher they are because they're going to have probably pitch it to the another person. They're higher up. So you want them to have kind of like a little cheat sheet in front of them. That log line, a little brief paragraph. Yes, a leave yes. behind. Like Kevin can wait was, I said earlier, a football player dies early. He gets a second chance in the body of a crooked industrialist. That's right. a great way to, to yes. get somebody interested. That's a, a, a lovely... Uh, Feed the words to the person who yeah. has to pitch it to the person above them. Right. And I think this is kind of an art, actually. And, mm, I, and I, yes. I also think it's a good idea if you have a close friend to have them give a shot to it. Now, I... Oh, absolutely. I have sent mine out to both my wife and my daughter, and they've come back with stuff. And I think I got the best description of things using those guys. My daughter, she has a UCLA lit degree. And since I paid for that, I feel like (laughs) she can do this for me. Is that wrong? Am I being... No? Terry's tips. Pay... (laughs) A college education <laughs> to your child for you. Yes. For you to use. Yes. I yeah. love that. Make them have a, a degree that will help you. You. <laughs> so uh, I think there's an art to the one-line description. And I agree. It's something to work on. It's not something to just throw away. Because just as you said, that can get that one line can get interested in your project that may be a, a bad description. Yeah. Right? A title, you want that to be great. Mm-hmm. You'd like your one-line description to be even more inviting. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, they'll want an outline. Tell me what you know from your experience makes a good outline in particular. Right. Outlines, I feel, personally, I feel very important. Most of my experience has been on television shows. So you have to pitch your story ideas to the studio network to get approval. And if they approve it you then have to write an outline. And therein lies, you want to give over as much information as possible for them to understand how things are going forward. But there's also an art to it where you don't want to give too much information because when they read the script, you want there to be surprises. So there's that kind of end of it. It's mandatory in TV. Now, say you're writing a movie idea and it's just, you're not hired. You're just, you're going to write a screenplay. There's always that writer that can doesn't use outlines. God bless you. Right. You're gifted. But newer writers, sometimes they get romantic about the creative process. And they're like, I don't want anything to hold me back. Everybody's saying I should rely on my creativity. I want to see where the characters take me. I actually think that's fine, and you probably can write the most wonderful screenplay. But then you have to write another screenplay, and you have to write another screenplay, and you have to write another screenplay. You have to get economic about it. You can't spend, unless you want to, seven months seeing where your characters take you. So if you write an outline ahead of time, when you are stuck... You look at the outline, and the outline tells you where to go. That doesn't... What am I doing in Phoenix? Right? Where's the outline? Where's the outline? Why is Debbie in It's Phoenix? so hot. Exactly. She doesn't have a suitcase full of shorts. She's not ready. So we're going to 
We're going to Bloomies for right now. I right now, it, yeah. yeah. It, it it helps you where to go. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you can't change your mind, but make sure your ending still lines up. Creatively, it feels like handcuffs, but it's your friend. An outline is your best friend. Right. It really is. In a drama, they're super important, right? Yes. I mean, if you have 24 episodes, you have handed in 24 outlines. That's part of it. And that's also in the pay scale, too, I believe. Oh, and they pay for an outline. Oh, yes, 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 yes. They pay for it. Wow. Interesting. You got the big idea. Mm -hmm. You got the great title. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. People like it. It's time for your Oscar speech. Oh. Eventually. So what I'm asking you is, what shall you leave out? Of the Oscar speech. I'm going to leave out thanking kids. I'm going to leave out um, how long it took me to get from the stage to the podium. I never thought about what I wouldn't do. Wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Terry, what wouldn't you say, Terry? Well, first of all, I don't like it when they thank the little people because I don't know who the little people are. Right. I'm I'm, I'm confused with it. Uh, So... I'd start by thanking everyone, everyone and every soul on the entire earth. I would right. say yes. that should cover everybody. Yes. And then just say, uh, my wife's included in that one. Okay, can I move on? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. I would say the thing that I truly believe, and that is songwriting, especially songwriting, the reward is the writing part. If you don't like writing songs, you shouldn't be writing them. And mm-hmm. if you do, you're thrilled with you with getting one done. It okay. really there's nothing better than that. You know, I really like what you just said, Terry. When you go to sit down, let's forget about all the awards, the bells and the whistles. Let's get back to just enjoying writing, getting a kick out of something your writing per- partner said or something you came up with on your own and be proud of that. As writers, there is nothing better than that moment when you know I've got three hours and I'm going to sit down and this thing has been bubbling up in the back of my head. I'm just going to explore it. More of that. Yes, you have projects that you want to do to help you get ahead and help you move forward. But don't forget about just the fun of writing. Absolutely. And we've covered this subject from the big idea. Mm Mm-hmm. To the acceptance of an award. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. It's one day. So, uh, gee, what are we talking about next week? That's a wrap for the Writer's Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writer's Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Vern. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music by Ethan Stoller.